Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Red Men Weekly Podcast. I'm Steve Hall, and I'm about to bring you some of our best clips from our Red Men Plus content over the last week or so. Say every week, this content is available in full, the full shows on redmenplus.com. If you want to go and get yourselves involved over there, you can listen to them as a podcast as well in your normal podcasting apps or pretty much whatever one you're listening to this on as well. Um, if you sign up on redmenplus.com. If you listen to this on Spotify, just search redmenplus podcast on Spotify and you'll be able to find there. You can pay Spotify directly and get involved, subscribe through them, and you can listen to all these shows in full as well. Um, if you do sign up through redmenplus.com though, uh, you get the access to the videos and I've got a discount code for you if you use the code weekly, W-E-E-K-L-Y, as you sign up as a monthly captain, your first two payments will be 50%, so half price for two months while you check out if you like it or not, and I'm sure you will do because we have fire content such as the Biased Football Podcast, yeah, our weekly look around world football where we often get to laugh other teams this week you've got Paul, Chris, Chloe and Dan having a big old chat yeah so yeah check it out the Vice Football Podcast well let's do the goalies you know we've we've actually spoken a lot about the Raya Ramsdale stuff in recent weeks I mean at least Aaron Ramsdale wasn't on the bench his wife had a baby didn't she so that's why he wasn't there but would he, he clap that? Well, that's what I mean. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that fucking absolute performance of nonsense the other yeah. week of him doing the fucking claps. Fucking like sit down ceiling? and be miserable. You, you've been fucking dropped, mate. Mm. Have a cob on, for God's sake, like a normal human being. Um, it, this is just, I said this before, this is Carrius Mini like, and it's it's not quite as, maybe it is a bit more stuff that, I don't know, but... This is it. You, there's no appreciable difference in quality between those two lads. I won't have it. They're not good Raya's enough. So used to win a title. Apparently better on the ball, but he lingers on it loads as well, which I think is a you know he tries to look good. He and did he that, didn't so, he? Yeah. And then he passed it straight to Cole Palmer, who misses an open goal. He goes mm. around the goalkeeper. He does all the hard part, and then doesn't put the ball in the back of the net. And that game's potentially over if he does that. Well, he got caught. He nearly got caught by uh, Julian Alvarez the other week, didn't he? Mm-hmm. You know, right yeah, at his, near, near, at his yeah. near post. And it, once that happens, you you adapt. You get you well. If nothing else, you get a bit quicker. I'm not saying you empty it and start blamming it down the pitch at every little like inkling of of being pressed because that defeats the point. And you're gonna lose your place if you do that. But. Just sharpen it up a little bit, mate. Just move the ball a little, a little bit quicker, or get your teammates to get into position a little bit quicker. He's being sold down the river, and it, it, it makes me wonder, Chris, whether this is all part and parcel of he's just going to go and buy a, a better goalie next summer or whatever. But this, this is one of the reasons for me why I don't think Arsenal win the title is yeah. because it's just they don't, they're not ready. No, look, Arsenal. I think he needs to have the courage of his convictions. He needs to decide who he thinks is the best goalkeeper. It's not doing the team any good. It's not doing the goalkeepers any good, and and therefore it's not doing his title challenge any good by by lingering on this decision. Like at some point, you've either got to tell Ramsdale he's not good enough and he's not the number one, or you've got to tell him he is good enough and he's the number one because it does have an impact on the defence. 
Uh, like the defenders yeah. need to know who's behind them and what they're likely to do and what they want you to do and all this chopping and changing especially when you're playing out from the back makes it more difficult for the rest of the side to know what are his tendencies where where does he like it how does he like to receive the ball changing that on a weekly basis you know ultimately it's him I don't think he knows the right decision right now and that indecision will cost them in the future I think he does know his decision I think, I think his right, decision yeah. is right yeah. but I think he's too shit scared to outright say it because he doesn't want to upset Ramsdale yeah. or the team yeah. and I don't think he's I don't <coughs> think he's as good as Jürgen in, he, he's clearly a really good manager and he clearly look at what he's done with Saka and Martinelli and how he's like made them such well, better that, players he's a good coach yeah. I think yes. is what you're sort of leading exactly. to here maybe not a manager think, I don't think he, he has the ability I think he's a little too scared of what will happen if he says it uh, but I think he has made the decision I think his decision is Raya yeah yeah no I, that's it and I, I, it seemed like it's like shrewd on paper business isn't it you know you're not 100% convinced of your goalkeeper mm-hmm. so actually getting someone in who can come and do a little bit and you know maybe maybe kind of move things along but you've got to live in that world where you get I say Ramsdale's got to continue to turn up to training and then doubling down on it in public you know just you just go, go out and say I've decided Raya's my number one until which point did he not you know I mean, just just crack on with it uh, if, if we infiltrate Arsenal Twitter are they whinging about the goalkeeping coach probably <laughs> probably <laughs> yeah same way but but it, but it, this, but this is the tricky thing about having two guys of a similar age bracket it's very hard managing a goalkeeper situation you know Liverpool are fortunate but having Allison be so good it does hamper what what comes next because again, Liverpool have got the Queen and Kelleher problem to deal with. About you get in minutes and in, and in continue his development. It's all right with it's the young. Problem having two good goalkeepers though, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's a much, I'd much yeah. rather have two good yeah. goalies. Um, but you know, like Adrian's not a problem because he's just a he's just obviously a, 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 an important figure behind behind the scenes or whatever. But at some point, we're going to reach a decision point after reach a decision point, and then either go back to square one and get another young goalie to follow up, and then is he going to be good enough when Allison reaches the point where he stops being? good enough but these having two in competition doesn't work it doesn't work I, I said previously the only time I've ever seen that was Man United between Thomas Kushak and David De Gea and obviously De Gea ultimately won that out and ended up as the number one mm. goalie I feel like maybe Ben Foster might have been in that conversation as well around that not far off that time but you got your, you've got your number one I don't, I don't think yeah. either of them are good enough to win your title yeah. is the other problem that, yeah that's my point yeah, um, completely and the other problem that they have is if like you said there, if Michael Arteta wants to go and buy another uh, a goalkeeper, show me the world-class goalkeepers because yeah. I'm not aware of them. Yeah. If they're not playing for Manchester City, Real Madrid, Liverpool, I, I, where are they? Like, I don't know where they are. Oh, they, Manchester United went and bought Onana because they it's thought that he was the best on the And look at what's happened to him. Yeah. So Goalies and, and managers the are the same thing there because I, I think the two best in the world are currently in the Premier, Premier League. Yeah. So and anything, the even the, at Madrid. The, be, the best you're ever going to get is third best I don't mean in the world I mean in the Premier League oh, whoever yeah. you bring in is only ever going to be the third best at that yeah. job um, I, the problem is they brought in the tenth best well yeah yeah exactly yeah, that's, that's, so yeah. played for Brentford but, but I'm saying yeah, they bring in the tenth best and at best he's only ever going to be the third even if he has the best career from now on he's never going to be better than the third best goalie in the in, in the Premier League so you know you should have a look but actually in, in having the two keepers what you're doing is you're destabilising Raya's authority because you've told the fan base that Ramsdale could come in at any point. So you've put you now you've led to more scrutiny on that goalie. Because if he makes if mistakes, he has a bad game, has a mistake. Uh, why is Ramsdale saying. not coming in? Because yeah. Alisson has a mistake, who gives a shit. He's, yeah, he's a fucking exactly. boss goalie, he's the goalie. Goalies make mistakes. You've left the door open for change. The camera was on him a lot as yeah. well. After every like I saw him put his hands up to apologise more than I saw him making saves the other day on TV. Mm-hmm. And that says everything. Yeah. The cameras were instantly on him after and, everything. And they're playing up the narrative and that, that yeah, all feeds into because yes. he's made them the story. Instead of just buying Ryan and going, bed. he's my goalie. I you know he's my number one goalie there he is enjoy him yeah. you know that's what we're going with you've left you've left made a discussion well he could fuck him off yeah he's only on loan yeah, yeah. but again that's why he's even more stupid he's on loan yeah. like why Why have you made a loan goalkeeper your number no. one goalkeeper yeah. it's mental the, it's got to be the future is he signing somebody yeah. it has to be, it's yeah. got to be the uh, Sanchez didn't have a good time he's either by the well, way. That, yeah he was next on my list he is shite he's so bad like so bad <laughs> I don't know I think no, no. <laughs> he's so he's bad oh my honest God. to God he's utterly shite um, he should save 
you should say which the uh, I think which one is the worst one. Well, the well, kick passes the, the right. Yeah. I, I have a bit of a problem with the the Chelsea player the he was trying to pass to as well. By the way, Fernandez probably. Oh my word! Like just standing there and letting Declan yeah. Rice run onto it, pathetic. But the pass is absolutely awful as well. Um, and the Trossard one, yeah, that's, that's a near post. It's a great finish outside of his right boot, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, which then goes through the goalkeeper's hands <laughs> to get into the back of the net. Fucking shit. He's absolutely shit. But again, from a Liverpool perspective, it's encouraging because although Arsenal have got enough, uh, people will look at that and say, if, if Arsenal win the league, you'll look at that as a good point, basically to come from two goals down and, and, and take the point against the rival. That's all fine stuff. But I just look at it as like signs of weakness in what the in what. The I don't mind. I don't mind the, the fact that I, I did think there was only going to be one winner of that game if there was going to be a winner, and I do think that Arsenal have got a really good mentality mm-hmm. um, in terms of the team and stuff. So the fight back that they've shown, they showed yep. that at times last season as well. It is something that I think Arteta has instilled in them a belief that they're never out of the game. So I recognise that because I've seen that in Liverpool mm-hmm. side. So I do think that they're still sound. Cheers to Paul and the team for that one. Next up, then it's Jano Inside Time. Yes, I had Neil Jones from Goal in the studio. There have been reports linking Liverpool with a move for Bayern Munich Jamal Musayala easy for me to say we had a little chat about that what that potentially means for Mo Salah and his future are Liverpool going to have to replace them how do they go about replacing the Egyptian king yeah we spoke about it all on this week's journal Insight Sport Build said Liverpool are interested in Jamal Musayala what a player he is um, Christian Fault on this and then Toby Argonne's Toby as well uh, confirmed it so they, they said our stories that Liverpool are interested in Jamal Musayala his agents are currently not talking to the club about extending his contract which is until 2026 with Bayern Munich like, it's interesting really because sometimes when certain stories come out you just immediately dismiss them and then you look yeah. and wrote them and where they come from I thought maybe something in this one like as signs go like it would be like it feels like this one would be something it'd have to be Mo Salah related or something Mm. is this genuine or do you think this could be like an agent trying to get a deal with Bayern what was your assessment when you first saw this one yeah I think we first thought would be no way Bayern Munich are going to let him go yeah any time soon I mean he's already a massive player for them you know scored the goal which won them the the title last year and he's the, the before Harry Kane maybe came but he's the jewel in the crown isn't he you know the, the star of, of German football um, contract situation yeah two and a half years left you know you'd expect that there'll be some renewal coming in I, I don't imagine he's on the kind of contract which befits a sort of the jewel in the crown he yeah. probably needs needs that up, up and but yeah it never it wasn't one that jumped out and thought oh Liverpool could get that, that kind of player it looks to me like a player that you know, will be very, very difficult to get out of Bayern Munich and a bit like Jude Bellingham, I suppose, would have the whole of the world trying to sign him. You know, it wouldn't be a case of, oh, Liverpool have picked up a player from Leipzig or yeah. Brighton, wherever. Um, I would expect him to renew his contract at Bayern Munich, personally. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I just... There's been like quite a few. It's mad, really. Again, it might just because Liverpool and, and Joe like always end up talking about it in the end. But there was like an Osman story, and there was Sane, and there was Musiala. Yeah. Is this the world just thinking Liverpool, like, Liverpool might lose Mo Salah? Mm-hmm. Whether it's agents or whatever, or whatever, trying to get more money out of players. The whole world knows Liverpool might lose one of the best players in the world. They might have a big wage that he can spend because he's on a big wage, and they might have a huge yeah. set of a, a huge transfer fee to get him as well. Yeah. Is this just? Do you think that is that just connecting those dots and say that's where I all think, this is coming from? I think so. I mean, the, the Sane one is interesting because obviously style wise, he, he's not he isn't solid, but he's he's, he's position wise, he, he plays there. Doesn't Osman's just completely different type yeah. of player, isn't he? To, to, to Salah, Musiala is a completely different type of player, really, to Salah in terms of again where he plays. But Sane, you know, you're looking at. You don't look at Liverpool signing a player of that age at that outlay. You know, you look at them signing, they're going to sign a Salah when they sign Salah, aren't they? That's sort of 24, 25 maybe kind of player, maybe even younger. Um, I think, yeah, I think there are there are a lot of people, you know, preparing the ground for if and when Mo Salah leaves, which probably, you know, well, that's probably, probably next summer, you know, good chance. Um and that obviously brings its own challenges for Liverpool, doesn't it? It brings it with, you know, everyone knows. Okay, you want to replace, you want to replace him, and I think that's you have to give credit to, for example, Spurs. What, what they've done with with Kane, they resisted that kind of edge, if you like, to go and 
to go and buy another Harry Kane they, they sort of went well what we can do is we can move a few pieces here and maybe improve the rest of the team and and, and brought a centre back on the midfield um, yeah and, you know, um, obviously they brought brought a young couple of young or younger um, British players in in, in Madison and um, Brennan Johnson but they haven't they didn't go right who's the nearest thing to Harry Kane that Osman let's just go and get him the Man United's approach maybe yeah yeah, yeah. Well, yeah possibly yeah, yeah. Um, whether Liverpool could do that with, with Salah I don't know because he is so sort of unique in, in what he's done for Liverpool over the last you know six years you know he's been available every week he's been top scorer every season he's continues to be hugely influential but definitely there's there's going to be a few agents looking and saying well you know if there's a hole there I wouldn't mind having my client, you know, in the frame. And hence you see some of these stories. I mean, I don't I don't see Liverpool spending all that money on Osman, for example. I don't see them spending all that money on, on Sane. Um I think I think everyone would love to have Musiala in, in their squad, but I think the difference with that one I think is what Bayern wanna do and I would be amazed if Bayern were allowing that situation to get into a one where he was to leave. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting on the Salah stuff because Given who he is, what he is, I, I think there's a genuine thing at the moment where someone can step up and become the best player on the planet. We're, we're, we're past the Messi Ronaldo era, and we, we were into the, you know, you know, it might be Bellingham, you know, the Mbappe, Bellingham, all these things, and Salah should definitely be in that mix. And I do wonder the the, the Saudi stuff. And you mentioned it, it possibly could be next season. We're going to get more. So there'll be this. This will come out in January again. Like. Is the aware way? Because again, there was you know the the fact that he's an Arabic player and going to that part of the world with him finances are mental. But do we just assume that? Because I I was thinking the other day, if Salah's got this ambition to be what I think most Salah wants to be, can you do that in Saudi Arabia, or do you have to stay in Europe? Do you have to stay at Liverpool, Madrid, Barcelona? Is PSG yeah. to be the best player on the planet? Because I'm not sure anyone's ever really going to have that much eyes on on the Saudi stuff. No, he he, he can never win the Ballon d'Or playing in Saudi Arabia and playing for Egypt. You know, because yeah. he, with, with the greatest respect, Messi's probably going to win the Ballon d'Or this year, isn't he? With, but that's from playing for Argentina at the World Cup. I don't, I don't see that Salah can win the World Cup, and I don't think that club career can can make yeah. that. So if he does, if that's as you know, if that is any part of his motivation, which it will be, then it's over if he goes to, to Saudi Arabia, right? Um, it's just hard to see Liverpool. Giving him another contract, or being able to give him another contract, he's got a year left after this one. It's it's hard to see that they'd let him run it down if there was that money on on offer. I know they were they stood firm and were right to stand firm in the summer, and and resisted that urge to sell. It'd be it'd be harder to do it this this time around if you know he's got one year left and he's going to go leave for nothing, no matter how good his services and no matter how good his performances have been. Yeah. So it is a more awkward situation, I think, coming to the end of this season. I'd be amazed if they let him go in the middle of the season. That would be wacky um, in the extreme, actually, especially given the style Liverpool have had. They've had a good start to the season. They've put themselves in a position where they can go and compete for things so far. Um, and he's got AFCON in January as well, so that, that, that kind of yeah is another thing where you've got to put that into the mix. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I know Liverpool have put some pieces in place that you know they maybe need to be less reliant on them, or they they maybe can field teams that are pretty well stocked in attack. But it's still not the same when when Salah's not no. there. You know, look at look at Saturday. You know, yeah, like don't take him off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and listen, if his number had gone up with 20 minutes to go I don't think anyone would have been that surprised because he did I, I thought he looked one of the few times I've ever really seen him look at he'd looked distracted in the game he looked like he wasn't fully in it he was just a bit yeah. off the pace he was you know I, I don't know what it was it, yeah, he made Michelenko like Maldini he just, had, he just had a poor game didn't <laughs> yeah. he just, just generally and he, he wasn't he wasn't influencing the game but then look at it you've won 2-0 I thought this you know I came back and I sort of had a conversation with a few of the lads on, on Sunday about Diaz and I was, I was saying ah, wasn't sure about Diaz I said he just promises so much and then you look at it and you go well actually he got him sent off he won the penalty could have had another one he could have had another one he's denied by a last gas challenge when he's cleaning through you're like actually you know what he's influenced the game yeah, big yeah. time hasn't he you know, yeah, yeah. sort of you know sometimes you can be tricked a little bit because you, you you see the you remember the moments that let you down or the moments that it doesn't quite work out but yeah Diaz and Salah you know not at their best if you like in terms of everything that they did 
but hugely influential. Salah continues to be hugely influential. Already, you know, what, what's it this season? Eight goals, five assists, is it? There's a joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that is it. I mean, that should be the, that should be the title of the, the segment, to be honest. Yeah, Mo yeah. Salah is a joke. He absolutely is. Um, I'd like to see Liverpool keep him as long as they possibly yeah. can. I, I don't think, I don't, I don't think for, there's a sporting reason to get rid of them, but I think there might be a, a financial slash, you know, contractual reason to do it. What he wants to do. Uh, Jeff, these conversations are happening because I would like to think if Liverpool know they're about to A, lose one of the greatest players they've ever had or B, there's a chance to keep him. Like, do you think this is happening behind the scenes? Obviously, Yorkshire Mark is still here. There's talks that he's yeah. going to be here for a little bit longer. Is the, is the Salah contract a thing? Do you think, is this even happening? Have you had any word about that? No. Or if not... Are Liverpool are they are they in the market looking all right? What are we going to do? Because they, they really should be. If that's no, they, they will one hundred percent have yeah. targets or players of interest. You know that, that they they think can play for Liverpool coming going forward. Whether that's really young players who they're going to monitor and see how they develop. Whether it's players who are. I, I, I look at that and it is a pretty linear style that Liverpool have of players. You, you look at them that, that, that they're not. There's not too many Endo. Is probably one and Thiago are probably the only two real sort of outliers in there where you go, oh, I didn't see that one. You know, that's that doesn't fit. They're just there off the chart over here somewhere. Everyone else is sort of, you know, certain age, certain type of pedigree, amount of games that they've played, and that kind of feeling of can they go to the next level when they come to a club like Liverpool? You look at Diaz, Gakpo, Jota, Nunez, Gravenberg, McAllister, Sobersly, uh, you know, a lot of players, Canate. There's a lot of um, a lot of hints there of how Liverpool operate in their business. So I, I would be amazed if they haven't got a lot of players of that ilk already in their sort of database or on their in yeah. their sites of okay, which are the ones that style wise fit perfectly? Which are the ones that have got the contractual situation we can get the the deal? Which are the ones that have got the the sort of the maybe they've got a release clause or maybe they've got um, you know a good relationship with an agent things like that? There will be a lot of work going into for Liverpool to be ready to push the button on. Have, as and when required and it might be it might be one of those that they, we see them do a bit like they done with Mane where they, they do it before he's left you know they, they they get the player in give him six months you know, I'm, just, I'm just looking you're googling Jared Bowen for I'm example Jared Bowen, are we? at yeah, this moment in time yeah, I, I think I personally that ship sailed with, with, with you know I think it's going to be I had to guess I was just saying well, I think it's going to be Neto from Wolves he's, he's, yeah, he's, well, he's, he's always on my list there is a player absolutely 100% a player that, that, that you sit sit there and go yeah makes sense yeah, yeah. absolutely makes sense um, you know maybe it would be you know in the past you'd have looked at a lot of players in the Bundesliga, younger, younger, wide players. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you know, like the Sané when he was when he was younger, or, or Kingsley Coman or whoever. I think, I think those type of players now are probably a little bit too established to yeah. sort of you know to the, that that end of their career. I think you're looking at the players who are right. Who's who's the one who's going to make the next step and, and, and become a player? You know, maybe someone like Doku might have been that that kind of figure. He looks like he's a real good signer for City, doesn't he? Um, you know, if imagine imagine someone like Martinelli was available at this stage, you'd be wow, that, that would be that would be a brilliant um, addition. But yeah, Liverpool would definitely have their position um, or their, those positions in mind. In terms of contract, I don't think there's anything particular that I've heard anyway going on with you know a renewal. It would be so difficult to do it. It was so difficult to do the last one. He hasn't got really hasn't got any less important. He's got a bit older, no less important to Liverpool. And now you've got the the added one of. Someone saying to you, "What are they offering you a week?" Wow, that's a lot of money, isn't it? Do you want double that? You know that yeah. that sort of that that adds a further complication, doesn't it? I mean, because I think that was one of the reasons everyone sort of when we, we had so much analysis of the Salah situation when he had one year left on his, his deal, and one of the questions was, "Well, where does he go? You know, what's his what's his move? You know, like Barca, no, couldn't afford him. He's not City, Chelsea, are they going to sign him? No." Paris Saint-Germain does he want to go and play for PSG Mbappe there now the answer is he has got that yeah. card in his pocket really hasn't he well, okay that, if, if that's what it is that's what it is many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Moving on then, thank you very much, Neil, for coming in, by the way, before I move on, actually. Moving on now, smooth, Stephen, smooth. Let's move on to the deep dive. You've got Chris Page and you've got Josh Williams, two absolute statos. They love their stat analysis tactics, all that kind of stuff. And yet this week's deep dive was an absolute belter. So, yeah, take it away, Chris Page. Was it? That's yeah. 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 Yeah, it's... Yeah. <laughs> I think we've got away with that one there. It, it felt like it... Um... A repayment of the Spurs game mm-hmm. in in one match, like a, like a complete <laughs> roles reverse, like, and I come against Everton, which is a nice thing. But it, uh, it is, it is. Obviously, Sean Dyche set Everton up. We've got him in a four four one one. Liverpool went with their sort of four three three hybrid system. Is that what you expected from both sides going into the game? Yeah, I think so. Um, obviously, a few South Americans not starting. I think uh, Nunes was on the bench. Gravenberg was given a chance to start. Thought he started really well as well. The first really, 35 minutes, he was exceptional. Yeah, very impressive. I think the way he, re- the way he receives the ball, especially, is... He just is... turns past people for fun. He gets a ball here and goes, boom. Yeah, I think he's up there with Thiago, to be honest, in terms yeah. of the way he receives the ball on a hard turn and, and keeps moving. Like, a bit like Lallana used to yeah, receive yeah, yeah, yeah. Um And Simakas plays. I think we spoke about that last week, didn't we, in terms of whether we'd do that. Uh, it wasn't a surprise for me, but you know, it was a little bit... On edge when Simakas is playing, I don't know what it is. The funny thing is, obviously, we, we spoke about Gomez potentially being out there and Simakas, and we got to see both of those players in the same game. Now, I was a little bit more impressed with Joe Gomez than Costas Simakas, if I'm being, if I'm being yeah. to- uh, totally transparent. I thought he was really good out there. Yeah, I did. I did. And I think we'll, I do think we'll see him out there too. I think Gomez has been given like a bit of a new lease of life from these these kind of tactical adjustments that he's forming part of. He's playing as a left-back at times, he's playing as a right-back at times, centre-back. So, you know, he's, he's being used as this really adaptable player and I don't think we ordinarily put Gomez down as that as one of them. But um, even despite that, I thought Simicast did OK. I thought he grew into the game a little bit. Um, and yet we came up against a standard kind of Everton-Dyche approach. Two banks of four. The core just playing, uh, playing just off a physical striker in Calvert-Lewin. Um, and Liverpool kind of used their go-to system that we've been using for most of the season, where it's a 4-3-3 without the ball. Yeah. And then once we've got possession under control, we move towards the box midfield, and we've got kind of a 3-2-5 three, three, shape going on. So I suppose, obviously, we've, we've done this a thousand times now, yeah. but this is the sort of formation that Liverpool moved towards, really, isn't it? Yeah, and Gravenberg was you know, really, really good at receiving the ball in these spaces, and, and you know he switched the play over in the direction of Salah a few times. Um, I thought Soboslai was was good, but I mean we will probably touch on this, but he was a bit keen, weren't he, in terms of the the long shots? I felt like, and and again, this is me being at the ground. My seat is about here, uh, roughly speaking, in the Kenny Klopp's over this side of the football pitch. I'm over here, um, nice and high up. The the view is absolutely perfect, and the sun was right down the goal, and it was getting more in Pickford's. 
In the second half? In the first half. It was getting more in Pickford's face as the half went on. And I really felt like everybody was told start shooting from distance because I can't remember who took the first one from distance and he nearly spilled it. Yeah, yeah. And he was really struggling with the with the sun in his eyes. And from that moment on, I felt it was it was Klopp or somebody who said, take some fucking pot shots here. Yeah. Um, you might have a point there, you know, you're the first I've seen say that, but it would make sense that, especially considering, number one, Pickford's got little arms. Yeah. <laughs> and number two, genuinely from like a, a numbers perspective, he, can, he just concedes far more than the average keeper from outside the box. And it could be because he's got little arms, mate. It could genuinely be because of that. You know. Half the problem he's got is he dives like a melon every time the ball's kicked. Like, you see some of them and they're like, they're going towards the corner flag and he's off. Yeah. Like, he's just been sprung out of a box like a freaking clown or something. He's, an, he's a numpty. It's got to be, um, It's got. It's, there's no chill with him, is he? <laughs> it's got to be Hollywood save or he concedes and there's no kind of mid-ground with it. Um, but yeah, I think uh, this is how Liverpool generally sets up anyway. This is how Everton sets up. And then I think it's about, when was it? About 35 minutes in or something like that. Ashley Young changes the game. Most experienced player on the pitch. Gets his... Uh, and he gets to see yellow, see yellow cards <laughs> and his uh, marching orders. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we, I mean, good riddance to him, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, this is how you do it. <laughs> Fuck off, you. <laughs> we are never finding that counter. No, it's gone. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that, that, that kind of changed the game it instantly. Everyone suddenly dropped back. Um, I think the Corey formed part of... Uh, who was the, the wide player? It Jackson, been, was it? Might have been Harrison. Oh, Harrison, sorry. Harrison yeah, for another random English right back, and I think the Corey took inside or something like that, maybe Garner or something. Um, Everything was a lot deeper, and... Dice kind of left it as it was for the remaining like nine minutes or whatever it was until half time. Goes in at half time, reorganises the pack, clock doesn't make any changes. But one of the interesting things with Dice was he took off his basically his two most creative players and his two wingers in McNeil and um Harrison. Harrison. Yeah. And he brought on Michael Keane. Yeah. <laughs> God knows why. <laughs> Honestly, and, um, if you want to concede a penalty or a own goal, bring Michael Keane on. Yeah. And um, who else did he bring on? Patterson. Yeah. To play as a, as a wing back. Um, Everton kind of focused on this kind of this block in the middle of the park, similar to what Liverpool used at Spurs, where um, there was an emphasis placed on the middle, um, bit of bit more open on the flanks and things like that, and it was. Didn't really offer much in attack at all, to be honest. I think at this point, I kind of knew, like, you know, Everton were not going to score here. It's almost what Dice wants, though, isn't it? It's like, he need. I think he needed an excuse to not try and win the game, to yeah. be honest, because yeah. I think the Everton fans would have been absolutely fuming if he'd done this from the way go with 11 players. Um, and in some ways, it, it kind of helped him, to be honest. I thought we'd have battered them if it stayed 11 v 11. Yeah, I think we were getting there, weren't we? We were getting closer to a goal on that. But if you're coming up against that anyway, if you look at just the blue counters that that's a difficult kind of block to break down basically course, yeah. um so Klopp watched it happen let the match play out for about 15 minutes and kind of just weighed up his chess pieces essentially and then um the changes that he made eventually was Simicas for Nunes which is definitely not like for like and it was Harvey a big Elliott. surprise it was a big yeah, surprise though yeah Harvey Elliott for uh Gravenberg which is a bit more like like for like in it but the Simicast for Nunes thing was interesting because when that happened, I was looking at the pitch thinking, right, who on earth is playing where here? Because obviously Nunes is going to go up here. Um, Jota was playing there previously. Yeah, so it was going to be interesting to see what they did. Could you make out what was happening at the time? Absolutely, before the ball had even been kicked off. Yeah. Because honestly, there was no piece of paper, there was no one had spoken at all to anybody and Diaz just went straight there mm. from the kickoff. If you watch it back, you'll see him. Yeah. He just takes a position off a barrier from the kickoff and just lets play carry on. And that made me think this was told to them as a possibility yeah, I was thinking at that. half time. Yeah. Because nobody spoke to him, not a teammate came over or anything. So at, at half time, he must have said, This is probably what we're going to do. It's either this or this. And maybe there was a one or a two from an arm potentially that might signify plan A or plan B or plan yeah. one or plan two. That was the because it's straight away, no one spoke to him and he did it. Yeah, well it would make sense because if you, if you look at <clears throat> Everton's system there, Everton's setup, you're getting 
you're getting no depth in terms of that. You're getting no runs in behind because they're already really, really deep. But you, you need to stretch the pitch in some way to, to open up spaces. So if you can't stretch the pitch going that way vertically, you need to stretch it horizontally, so you need lots of width. And if you think of Liverpool's current system, the one we've been using since April, it doesn't really have that much width. It has like, you know, it's the central, central it? yeah, it's very box in the middle, isn't it? And Robertson sucking in as a, as a um, to wide centre-back at times, Trump sucking in as a midfielder at times, so everyone's coming into the middle. That's not what we wanted. So Klopp plays Diaz as a full-back, and he instructs Trent, rather than playing in the middle, play like he used to, and Trent comes out here. Now, what I will say is, it's not, this is kind of how we set up in terms of the system, but the players were, were rotating, so Trent wasn't always here, Trent was there sometimes, Trent was there sometimes and things like that, but the formation was kind of working like that, what am I missing here? Um, and that that's kind of how we we set up from the, the, the point in which Klopp kind of introduced his change. Thanks to Chris and to Josh for that one. We'll wrap up this week's uh, weekly podcast with the final word from Liverpool's win over Toulouse. Yes, the Reds, 5-1 victors in the Europa League against the French side. So yeah, I was delighted to be joined by Lewis and by Abby for this one. Yeah, here's what we have to say about the Reds making it three, ones from, three wins from three in the Europa League. It's Endo's header. It's a really good ball from Trent. Yeah. And it's a great header from Endo. At first, it just looks like a normal little flick. He's, he's really like mm. guarded. He's had to generate most of the power himself because yeah. Trent hasn't whipped it in. He's kind of floated it in. Like, there was there was talk when we signed Endo, and I remember Chris and Josh doing all the stats. And one of the things mm. that stood out for him was how good he was in yeah. the air. Like, he wins a lot of headers. He's a little lad, but he, he gets up. Like, you, you can yeah. see that, that that is a little a little weapon that Liverpool have got there. He, he was a really good goal. Considering his height, I couldn't yeah. believe it, to be fair. And, you know, he floats the header in it. It was brilliant, but you've got to give Trent all the plaudits for that ball. But it's no surprise with Trent. That's the thing. You expect Every time Trent's got the ball, you expect him to get it, like, pinpoint perfect onto a player's head, onto a player's foot. You know what I mean? Most of the time, it's the control of the player that he's put it to. You know, the first touch, that's what's failed him. And Endo's literally just just got onto it perfectly and I was made up for him because I thought he had a really good game mm. he was pushing forward he was winning the ball back him and Gravenberch I thought were brilliant but Endo I didn't expect that side of his game to be honest I didn't expect him to be trying to drive forward all the time from what we've seen of him so far but he really was and a few of those passes he was putting straight forward I think he did one up to Curtis Jones that was brilliant and I just thought like yeah people were criticising us for getting him and not spending big money on like the likes of like Cassiedo or whatever but you know what for now he's all, he's all right you know his record in Germany was interesting he scored like 15 goals in like 130 games which it, it sounds not loads yeah. but for a DM or, and he played a lot of centre back as well yeah. as well he, he did a bit there I think he played like mostly in midfield but mainly as a DM for Stuttgart like you can tell he's got a bit of aerial ability if your DM can get you one in ten yeah. you know you get what's that like three or four goals a season yeah. that, that's around well, Fabinho the season he left yeah, he scored yeah. like five or six and yeah. that, that, it's, a, it's a really strong quality to have but his all round game I thought Lewis was interesting in that like, the, the one thing that, uh, again, Liverpool having a really good season, the, the, as I reckon the main talking point is the balance of the midfield mm. and what it is and what it isn't. Alexis McAllister being as the number six, for example, and mm. does, does the manager trust Endo to play? Um, I thought he was good yesterday. There, I think there were still times where you can see why he mm. doesn't quite trust him in there. He's sometimes half a yard slow to a ball, like you want him to mop up. I don't know if that's what's playing as the managers mm. um, in, in his thoughts. I don't know. But you can say the same about McAllister. But I, personally, I don't know if you agree with us. I, I would like Liverpool to play with an out and out DM and he's the, at the minute he's the only one we've got did mm. you see enough from him yesterday to think you know what he, he, looking at Forrest and Luton and Brentford which are Premier League games that Liverpool probably should win anyway yeah. like th- there is th- there might be a conversation to get Endo in now and get him get him, get him used to being and playing with a number six who offers a bit more balance yeah I think it's needed we've been crying out for it for a long time McAllister bless him's not it's not his role um, mm. I personally thought he was going to start yesterday Um just because he was going to just, don't know, get in the game time, give Endo a bit more chance really in another game. But I thought Endo, yesterday, I thought he was a better passer than I thought he originally was. And mm. I thought he was physically weaker than I thought he was. There were times where he'd get bullied off the ball, maybe mm. get knocked. Like you say, he was a bit slow to get to the ball. Yeah. But his passing as that pivot, uh, Gomez and Matip drawing players out of position and his passing, like you said, to Curtis Jones was brilliant. There was a ball over the top, I think, to Nunez yeah. that he nearly got on the end of. 
I think that he showed enough in that in the Leicester game to give a chance against, like you said, the bottom teams at the moment. You're looting, you're Nottingham mm-hmm. Forest. Teams that are going to be physically at you. And, you know, like... <laughs> I understand that there's a lot of speculation around him because we brought him in, no one knew who he was, where we've brought him from. But he needs the chance and it's either use him or lose him as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, McAllister in that number six doesn't work necessarily. That's the thing, it's McAllister and he's really been struggling. Like I've been at a few of the games this season, you can hear people, everyone's just getting a little bit, a little bit tetchy with McAllister now, you know, playing in that role. And I just feel like maybe give him a break from playing that role and give Endo a chance, like mm. you said, in some of those, in some of those lower down the league games, just to get everyone off McAllister's back a little bit as well you know what I mean you, you mentioned his passing he got, you, uh, from the start, he got 66 out of 69 accurate passes his mm. pass was really good but then you look at the duels and he, he won 7 of 11 and three out, but 3 out of 4 in the end that's the yeah. thing it's like the things that he he's meant to be great at he was okay at the things that you yeah, didn't, yeah. didn't expect from him it was an interesting performance yeah. but he is really good in the air mm. that's one thing I've noticed definitely I think that's an underrated skill for him yeah. Yeah. Lucas was good at this he yeah. was only little but he won, he won quite a lot of headers yeah. because that's what's going to need people think they can knock it over you because you're only small and his confidence is great when he scored that goal his confidence yeah, in the second half was sky high he's straight definitely. away you know, he goes again you can tell like he's very combative I do wonder if the manager's got an eye on him blood mm. because I like McAllister, I really yeah. do, but yeah, yeah. I think as a balance of a team, they pull up better with a, a with a DM. Yeah. Mm. People are already singing Endo's name as well, and you yeah. can see. I'll, I'll, do you know what? That'll give you confidence as well. Mm. Absolutely. You know? I think fair, fair play. And like I say, anyone who plays footy with, with a mouth guard and can get in my team. Um, <laughs> moments later, I suppose the games, I, I won't say dead and buried. I'll be asked that with you, but it's, it's, you know, they take the, the goal. It, mm. it all comes from Ryan Gravenberg, and we'll speak yeah. about him in a, in a conversation later. What's interesting is that obviously it falls to Jones is a bit of a ricochet round. Yeah. It's a great finish by Darwin. Like he absolutely yeah. takes the laces out of that. He absolutely blams it home. You can see how much it means to him. But it's again. Let's talk about Darwin then because mm-hmm. he, has, he does this. He has the miss later on yeah. where he does so well. Yeah. Like it's great to see him playing with a smile on his face. He yeah. isn't in his own head anymore. This yeah. time last year he was doing his own head in, and yeah. you could tell he looks like a fella who's just full of confidence. A goal helps you get that, but like. You can't argue with Darwin. The numbers, the goals, and he, and assists in the amount of minutes he plays is outstanding. Yeah. He isn't perfect, and we'll talk about that as well. But this was just a really good number nine striker finish. Yeah. Instinctive ball fell to me in the box. Sad. I'll do. I'll deal with that. He like he does all the hard work, you know. And then the easy things that you think he could, he, he's going to easily be able to do that. Any of the other forwards could do. He fails at, and then he literally scores some of the like trickiest goals. Like it landed to him in a photo. He might struggle there getting it in at that angle, and he does it. And then a few minutes well not a few minutes later but you know later on in the game he misses a sitter and you're just thinking to yourself it can, it can be frustrating but everyone's like you know shouting his name when he does make that miss but that that goal I, I didn't think he was going to score that but you've got Gravenberch you've got to give the credit to him there you know he's he's boss I don't think Jones knew anything about it and I'm on the back and then landing to Darwin no, to be honest and you can give him any <laughs> didn't you can give him any credits there but yeah Nunes he, he's a confusing one isn't he? he he is a confusing one I can't make my mind up on whether I absolutely love him or I'm just getting so frustrated at times I absolutely love him uh, that's my <laughs> he's like a flawed genius I, yeah. I, I admire that he isn't, yeah. he isn't like polished and perfect he's a bit rough around the edges but I, I, once I like he gets it. to that point though you know he, he's got Jürgen Klopp mm-hmm. as his manager he will get that. Awesome. he will fingers crossed he gets to the point where like he's burying absolutely everything and he, looks, he just looks confident and his yeah. all round game I thought he was really good I don't know what your thoughts I thought throughout the game he held the ball up he, 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 he chased he harried he went off right wing a little bit and did mm-hmm. well even the one he misses, he does really, really well. Mm. He just can't wrap his he just can't wrap his foot around it. I'm devastated for him because I could have been a, a really good solo goal. But we're starting to get glimpses more of I, this is the Darwin that I remember playing against Liverpool for Benfica, mm. where it was like he was always on he wasn't always good. It didn't always happen for him at the end of it, but he was constantly asking questions mm. and asking questions and being in the right position. And most importantly, like I said, to go back to it he looks like he's playing with confidence and with a smile and that was so much different than this time last year mm. where he just looked like the weight of the world was on his shoulders and he wasn't quite getting it he looks more loose he looks freer and I think Liverpool are reaping the rewards yeah and he had question marks on him last year because of the price and the position and whether we needed him he do you know what I love about him is just he doesn't think and I know that sounds horrible <laughs> but he's just an instinctive striker he'll score the, the volleys and the first touch chair shots but he'll miss the ones that you expect him to score but mm. I don't mind that if he's gonna if he's gonna get 50 chances a season and score 25 of them that's fine yeah. and yesterday all the defence looked scared of him like no mm. one wanted to go near him they either backed away or they just didn't know what to do with themselves like he said fantastic goal he scored 
should have scored the second yeah. one but then he's on the um, on the wing crossing the ball in for a different player mm. he's so versatile and I, I love him personally mm. I just think he's chaos and I, I think for Liverpool that is the type of player that you need you just need someone who's just going to go out there yeah. with the heart on the sleeve and just go for it that <laughs> might genuinely just be the cockiness that he's got though the f- reason why he's missing those easy ones because he's just not thinking about it because he's that confident in think, himself I, I at times I actually don't think, I think his touch just takes him a little bit too he's yeah. really really striving to get his yeah. foot round and he just can't get there <laughs> I loved about when he, he he ends up chasing back to win the ball and ends up like playing centre back, yeah. Yeah. and then just forgets that he's playing footy okay. for a second, and then just, <laughs> and then just, and just does nothing. Yeah. And it, I said it was like when someone like let the pad disconnects on FIFA, and then the yeah. player just stands, and then he yeah. realizes, oh shit, I'm playing footy, and then goes back. He's just he's mad yeah. as a box of frogs. I love it, but you can't argue. Like I say, that's five goals and four assists now in twelve appearances yeah. this season, and they haven't, they've all not been off, they've even been off the bench. He hasn't actually finished ninety minutes that often. Mm. You, the, the goals, the games, and sorry, the, the goals and assists to, to minutes ratio yeah. is really yeah. really strong for him. So yeah. that you can't. I'm just looking here he's played a total of what he's played a total of 565 minutes mm. and he's got like I say the the nine goal involvements yeah it's really good of those 12 games six of them have been off the bench and four of them he's gone off so he hasn't actually completed he's played, completed the game like twice mm. yeah and he's getting those numbers it, it is really positive for Liverpool that he, he can do that yeah 100% literally honestly opponents must be terrified when he's coming off the bench because you just know what he's got in his locker and even Klopp said himself in the press conference afterwards he was like I couldn't care less that he actually hit the post then because of all the hard work that he did was literally what he's been trying to get him to do so you know um, if, if Klopp's happy with him and those stats that he's got he, he's doing well it's a goal. Yeah. It's a goal or an assist every like sixty-two minutes, which is which is really good. If he was burying the ones that he's missing, his stats would be like phenomenal, and that's why he's that's probably why he's still getting criticism because he's getting in that many of the right positions and then missing them. Do you know if he was burying them, everyone would be like comparing them to Harlem by now. You know, <laughs> I love I love that he's on the floor with his hands on his head. Yeah. Oh, I know. As yeah. Ryan, he didn't get as Ryan, as Ryan, as about to ski. You're even looking at the game. Yeah. That, it was, it someone, was, someone in our chat went. He meant that. Get another goal, get another assist. We might as well move on to the second goal. We mentioned before, obviously, it comes a bit later on, Abby, yeah. I mean, after half time. But you mentioned Gravenberg's involvement in that goal, which is excellent. He obviously then keeps us cool, unlike our mate Suardo, who just buries that trend. Mm-hmm. Gravenberg in this situation has the way with us to go around the goalie and just keep yeah. us cool and slot it. Um, listen, Bayern Munich are good, they're a great team, don't get me wrong, they've got some brilliant midfielders, but like. I mean, wow! They, they just give us him for like for it's it's buttons thirty odd million quid yeah. for him. And like fair enough, they they feel this good, and he couldn't just like couldn't get a game, but yeah. like. He probably should get a game because he's, he's fucking good. I think they thought they were selling us a different player, to be honest, because he's literally like he's perfect. He's like the perfect Klopp player. The way Klopp will be made up with being able to manage him and work with him. He was brilliant the way he was pushing forward and winning the ball back. He looked so confident. He was just striding through people. He didn't look like he overthought anything. No concern in the world. And then obviously he gets the goal in at a tight angle, gets around the keeper, and obviously gets it past the defender as well. And you know, I was made up that he got that goal to be honest because he put in so much hard work throughout the game I just thought you deserved that there but I still probably wish Nunes would have scored <laughs> it just for the sake just for the sake of it but you know it, it, it's interesting though, because they, they've got Kimmich they've got Goretzka they've got Lyme they've got Musiala I mean by me I'm struggling for midfield they, even if you look further forward and sometimes they'll drop Sane or Coleman mm. or Gnabry they've got, they've got brilliant players that by me of course they have but this is one of those examples where he's clearly really good. He just needed minutes on the pitch to prove it. And this is probably why he wanted the move. I bet he was so frustrated going, like, I'm boss. I know, I know, genuinely, I know how good I am yeah. and I just can't get on the pitch. And he said, didn't he, after the last game, you know, what's the biggest difference? Why are you so happy? Like, well, I'm getting minutes, I'm playing. And we're starting to see now he's getting fitter. He hasn't played for a year. He's getting stronger. He's getting all about him and he gets his role. I don't know, like, someone compared him to Pogba on our stream yesterday and I was like, Kind of because of the way he strides yeah. with the ball, but I think he's more, it's more like Yaya Torre esque in that mm. he's such a big physical guy, but he glides and yeah. he eats the space up and he's so good inside spaces. The one on the edge of the box where he gets the shot away out of yeah. nothing, like that's brilliant. Like it's, he's so good in those areas. Like he's, I feel sorry for Curtis. Curtis was in the team, he got a red card, he's probably lost his place now because you, you can't leave this guy out of the team, he's too mm. good. I remember when we did the Tottenham predictions and I said Gravenberg should start and everyone went, no, Jones. Jones, McAllister, McAllister, is the starting lineup. It's like you said, he's just, he's ascended every game. And 
I'm just looking at him. There's nothing he can't do. He's so good defensively. Great pass to the ball. He's, he doesn't have a set position either. One minute he's defensive midfield, then he's on the mm. wing, then he's in the middle. He's versatile, and I think that's a Klopp player. Klopp likes versatility. He enjoys players who can play multiple positions. I wanted to slide into his DMs. So like, I, was like, I love him. He's so good. And for the, the fact that we had a long-standing interest in him and we did the run around to all these other players, I'm so happy they didn't work out. I'd rather yeah. got him for the price we did for what he can do and what he's capable than of. Than Jude on his own. Also. Yeah, than Jude on his own. And, mm. you know, it, it just worked out. And we the fact that Jörg Schmadke as well, he gets a lot of stick for going, oh, he only buys German League players. They've all been great. Yeah. I've not had an issue. And Gravenberg is just a prime example of what you can do with in a sense a correctly ran mm. transfer in policy in your club we've um, we've been complaining about the midfield like all last season like the amount of times I come on here and I was saying we're just getting cut right through the middle with like the likes of Henderson and all that and you look at it now and the way we've managed to rebuild it and there were, that, that still was criticism we were all a bit worried because you're thinking like oh maybe is he a buy and reject and stuff like that and then we're bringing him in but I'm made up with what we've signed and Endo we've Joe like I've, Endo probably we got the most criticism when we signed and but you look at Sabah's line McAllister McAllister's struggling a little bit but that that whole midfield rebuild I, I'm happy with it as, yeah. it as it is right now I mean I know people want to try and get another defensive midfielder in January and it wouldn't do any harm but I mean we're not doing too bad yeah. are we the, the, the thing I like with Gavinberg obviously because he was like for a, you don't usually associate someone who's that like big and physical mm. and, and rangy to like be good on the spin yeah. like, his ability to get the ball and he just glides away yeah. it's, it's like Thiago's really good at it but Thiago's yeah. little and you kind of understand yeah. the, the little change of direction but he's got yeah. that he sells players down the yeah. middle time and time again it always feels like he's in a tight area and then he's out of it and he's and he's got the game ahead yeah. of him and then he can drive forward we saw mm. it for the Darwin Nunes goal we see it numerous times throughout the game you are right the athlete, Liverpool's athleticism in the mm. midfield is, is night and day compared to what yeah. it was last year we were talking about three lads whose legs look like they'd gone yeah. and then two lads who couldn't get on the pitch now mm. they are, they are sorry, with all, all of them really they look like really good athletes but mm. also technically excellent yeah. like, yeah. Sobosly and Gravenberg as two signings uh, I've hit the you know, they've really hit the ground running mm. you're right it's transformed us yep cheers to Lewis cheers to Abby and cheers to you guys for listening to this episode of Weekly like I say if you want to go back and check out some of those shows in full redmenplus.com is the place to go use the code weekly when you sign up as a monthly captain and you'll get 50% off and like I mentioned before if you love Spotify you want to listen on to Spotify Spotify is your thing if you just search Redmen Plus Podcasts on the Spotify app you can subscribe through them and get all these access so you get access to all this amazing content in audio form on there as well so whichever way you want to go about it we've got you covered I hope you guys have a good weekend enjoy the game against Nottingham Forest and we'll be back next week with another edition of the Redman Weekly Podcast. I'll see you all then.